Hey, Nicole. Hey, John. How's it going? Good. You? Pretty good. You ready to record this? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to our podcast, Shape the Conversation. I'm Nicole Mears. I'm John Davis. And uh, why don't we give people a little feel for who we are, Nicole. So uh, who are you? I'm the VP of Marketing Communication and Customer Service here at Shape. Okay, that's your title, but who are you? So I came from a background at an agency. I'm a former analyst turned senior analyst turned department manager. Uh, I have some experience in product management. I really have been focusing my entire career on digital advertising. So Yeah, really diverse background. That's part of the reason that we really looked to bring you on here at Shape was doing all those things. The other thing is that we worked together for a long time. So I'm currently a CEO of Shape. Nicole and I worked together in past agency settings. Uh, as we started talking about the podcast, where what can we talk about? What topics are interesting to us? You know, Nicole and I have worked together for a long time. I guess I've I'm kind of Nicole's boss, although I don't really feel like it. And I have officially been Nicole's boss in the past. And Nicole has also been a boss. And we've both. We're lucky enough to be part of a fast-growing startup where we got to um, rise from being a team member to a team manager, and uh, that's kind of what we wanted to tackle today. Um, Tips for people that are moving into a manager role, thinking about manager role, and how we coped with that (laughs) um, when we made that transition ourselves. So um, that's a little bit about why we're taking on this topic. Nicole, why... How did you find yourself in management? Maybe dive into a little bit more on that into your path. Absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, I really came to my first role as an agency from actually a background in magazine writing. So I didn't really have any experience in digital advertising. And kind of uh, half luck, half knowing someone at the company as it goes, got a job in digital advertising in PPC specifically. And what year was that? Oh, gosh. Why are you making me do this? Uh, 2009. Okay. So started off in this role that I knew very little about, but threw myself into it completely. Um, and as John mentioned, it was a fast-growing startup. So in a couple years, I was able to move up by being really aggressive on trying to come up with new strategies and really going after big client accounts. So moved up to a senior role and then you know, kind of the same process, really focused on strategy and driving our company forward and then moved up to a manager. And that's essentially, I mean, it, I did luck out. John left to go start his own company. I wonder where that went. Yeah, and I actually started three months before Nicole at the same company. So we go way back to 2009. And uh, it was here in Bend, Oregon, where we're at right now. Not traditionally known as like a tech startup hub, especially back there in 2009. We're getting better, but we got lucky enough to kind of get latched on with the fastest growing company in town. We were employees, maybe like 40-ish, 43-ish, something. Um, Within the next two years, we'd raised $15 million in seed funding and ballooned up to about 160, 170 employees in a really fast amount of time. So we feel lucky because we got to condense what might happen in like a 10-year career down to a four-year career. I was with the agency from 2009 to 2013. Nicole was there a little bit longer and moved into a product management role. But I think that we got to experience a lot of these things really fast. You know, we were on a, when we started on the digital advertising team, writing ads. Nicole and I, there was only four people on our we manager on the team. Lots of accounts and getting more and more clients and having to scale the team up really fast. And people were getting pushed to different areas of the company. And we got to 
um, kind of follow the same trajectory through analyst, senior analyst to manager. It was great because it got to happen really fast, but it was also a little scary because at a fast-growing company, there's not always, you know, everything's not defined as well as it could be, and it's really on you to kind of come up with the type of manager you're going to be in a lot of cases. So the interesting thing is, is you may think with John and I starting around three months from each other that when this manager position came open, John and I totally fought it out. But in all reality, I know 100% that I was not ready to be a manager at that point. I think our boss knew it at the time. John was all gung-ho. So, John, my question to you is, how did you know you were ready at that point? I don't know. I think, and this is an important thing to consider for anybody listening, like, is management right for you anyway? You know, do you want to, you know, kind of be responsible for looking after somebody else's career and their path within a company? Is that something that interests you with your time? Personally, I kind of grew up playing team sports. I didn't actively seek it, but tended to always find myself as the captain on the team um, or in some kind of leadership position. And I always wanted to also run my own business from being really small. You know, once I gave up dreams of playing professional sports pretty early on, uh, my dreams kind of turned to something a lot more achievable, which I thought was running a small business. Um, and so I knew to do that, I'd probably have to put myself in position at some point to be a quote manager. Now, anybody that's ever worked for me or with me will know that I hate the word boss or hefe. Yeah, I've been called hefe in the past, anything. And we're not talking huge scale here here in terms of management, you know, full of transparency. Nicole and I really don't manage many people here at Shape. There's a small team here of under 10. Everybody's, you know, kind of following their path and we don't have a lot of management here. But for me personally, I knew it was something I wanted to step up because also, you know, a lot of tracks up the ladder within a company are tied to management. Uh, I think it's unfortunate, but these days, you know, to, to advance, you have to be willing to step up and manage people at some time. So what, what was the switch where you felt like you were able to handle it over those, you know, two, what was about two years where maybe I was the manager and you were the, the senior analyst in our digital advertising department. And over those two years, you definitely, you know, grew in terms of, your skills and everything, but was there something that clicked within you? Yeah. So taking on the client level that I got when I became a senior, I think it was, it was a big step in that, right? Because you go from... So before you even became a manager, you felt like you were kind of building your street cred a little bit with the team. I think you do. I think you build your skills to become a manager. It's whether or not you decide you want to become one. So for me, it really was getting really comfortable having great and tough conversations with difficult clients. I had a lot of experience when I moved up from an analyst to a senior role in dealing with clients that sometimes it was a challenging situation. Sometimes it was, you know, a great, really easy relationship, but that kind of relationship management piece of it was something that served me really well as a manager. I didn't know I was building that skill, but I was. There's things like problem solving. Again, as an analyst or a senior analyst, you're really focusing on how do I drive the best results for my clients? Or how do I split a budget well over all these channels that they want to achieve their goals when I have a really small budget or maybe not a sufficient budget? Along the way, I was building all these skills. And then when the opportunity came up and John was leaving to start his own company. This was like 2013. Mm -hmm. I, I really looked internally to decide, you know, can I manage people? Can I take those skills and translate them over? And 
And it's interesting in that John said, you know, his motivation was really in owning his own business and, you know, getting that experience managing people. I took it from a product management standpoint. I saw all the challenges and difficulties that our team was having, uh, you know, as it's an analyst and a senior, and decided, okay, how can I affect the most change? I definitely want to manage people and I want to gain that skill, but I also want to implement company-wide changes that are going to impact and improve life for my team. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up in product management ultimately. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important to look within. Like, are you ready to take that on? Because the one thing is that turning into a manager is hard. You know, now you've got people you're responsible for. People think about now you've got this department working for you. It's the other way around. Now all of a sudden you work for everybody else in your department. You know, their problems are now your problems. And your job, you know, the job definition of a manager is to solve those problems for for their uh, people working with them or help be a part of solving those problems. So I think that can be tough too. And a lot of we're digital marketers. We found ourselves in agencies. I've talked to a lot of people across industries. It's pretty common too when you get that first management job. A lot of times it's a little hybrid. Like you're still kind of doing the analyst role. You're still serving a few clients here and there, but also managing the department. So did you find that to be a real struggle? Um, we, I think there's some advantages to kind of hanging on to that firsthand knowledge and really doing the work and having that credit with your team. But it can be really tough. You know, is there anything you kind of look to to kind of help you manage that? Did you lean on your boss to, to take responsibilities away from you? It was tough. It was I, up until my very last day as a manager, I still manage clients. So my focus, again, I mean, I was managing people. I was managing progress and innovation as much as I could. And I was managing clients. And I really had to work on delegating. I am a type A personality. So it's a little bit of a challenge when you're managing people. Uh, I really focused on giving my team as much as I could the training opportunities to help them get to the point where they felt, you know, in the same shoes as I did, they felt comfortable mm-hmm. managing big client relationships on making strategic decisions and tried to give them the reins. Now, I don't know if they'd actually say that I was successful. I hope they would, but I don't know. For me, it was relying on delegating. It was trying to make the transition in our team okay. Uh, so we... Did we, you know, people would come in and out of those roles. They would be promoted or they'd find a different career path or, you know, potentially even a different company. And so we saw a transition on our team. And one of the things that you want to do as a manager is just protect your team and make sure that they're, you know, they're not stressed out all the time and they're not having all these issues getting their work done. And so it can be really easy to try to take on all this work when you can't. There's no way that you're going to be successful as a manager if you're trying to take on your team's entire workload. If you're trying to drive progress and innovation, you know, if you're, if you can't that push that outward. So that was one of the things I had to really work on. I also did. I went to my boss constantly. I would sit at his desk and just pester him for feedback. I did that to John. I did that to the boss that I had after I became the manager. Um, it's, it was one of the ways that I coped. I also tried to read a lot of management books. I will say you can read as many management books as you want, but until you're put in that situation, it's a whole different story. Yeah. What about you? I, I, drawing that line is hard, and you, you want to maintain that firsthand knowledge so you can talk with your team. And I think that's a, a good step to kind of get into, okay, people have decided they are willing to make the change. You know, there's tons of books you can read. Everybody talks about that. But I think 
the most I remember when when you were taking over the role, some of the the advice I gave you during that time and kind of the months leading up to knowing that you were going to take over my job for me and and run the team. A few of the things that I thought were important to focus on is one, it seems little, but it's huge body language. You know, you you now as the manager, you don't want to be the person dragging the energy out of the room. You want people to leave any conversation with you with more energy, you know, so and, and that's a really hard thing to do. If you think about how can you end any conversation you have with the other person having more energy than they started with, that's really hard when you're going through tough things. Absolutely. And, and John, you know, John will tell you that I did two things as an analyst when I got really stressed out. I would basically slam my head against my desk. And not slam it hard, but like put my head, rest my head on my desk and just <laughs> sigh heavily. And he's like, you can't do that. You got to walk out of the building. You can go kick a wall. Just you can't let the team see you because they have to have that confidence instilled in them. And seeing you get emotional and seeing you get stressed will not be good for you or the team. And then what was the other thing? There was, I'm sure there's plenty. Like yeah, the, ma- the main thing is communication. Yeah. You know, anybody that I talk to that's getting big promotion or they're starting some new endeavor um, where they're going to be kind of in charge of the collective vision of a group, all the best things have ever happened to me as, as a manager when I'm communicating a lot and then communicating more. And then I think I've communicated more than I need to, and I say the same thing again. And communicating routine one-to-ones. My only goal this year as as CEO of Shape, it's not revenue-based, it's not product-based, it's just to have routine one-to-ones with the team. There's been periods of Shape's history where we kind of rely on being a small team and all kind of in the same office to cure up a lot of these problems that could happen, but there's no substitute for having one-to-ones, talking for an hour, how's it going? What can we do? How can we improve your day-to-day? Are you happy with the way things are going? And those one-to-ones, the trickle-down effect of having quality communication with your team over and over again is the number one actionable advice I'd give to any new manager, anybody looking to, to lead a group of people in one direction. You have to connect with people. You have to. I mean, they will be able to tell in a heartbeat if you're not listening and really engaging with them during their one-to-ones and whether it is personal or professional I mean all the management books say it all the management advice says it but you really need to take the time to get emotionally invested in your employees and not emotional like you know showing emotion but really you know how are your kids doing how are you feeling about the job there's lots of ways to connect with people in that one-to-one that aren't necessarily are you hitting your goals yep okay move on yeah definitely and I think that that's the one part that people struggle with when trying to be a great manager, you know, is they want to come in there and solve all the problems right away, you know, and hey, okay, you've got all these issues, here's X, Y, and Z, what I'm going to do. Sometimes the person might just be venting a little bit, they might not be necessarily looking exactly for an answer, they might not want you to come in and, you know, be the savior that always has the answer. You know, they might have the answer, then they just need a little time to figure it out or pull it out. I think it's definitely important to look at anybody on your team as definitely an equal. You know, these are not your underlings. These are not, you know, your employees. I, I always get a little weirded out when I hear anybody kind of using some of that language that talks about the hierarchy because I know that a lot of times the reason I was picked to be the manager is kind of I was there first. (laughs) Hung around the department, showed interest, 
uh, at a lot of fast-growing startups, it can be kind of a battle of attrition at some points about who's around. Um, and I think communicating all the time with your team more than you think you need to communicate, getting everybody together at least weekly or bi-weekly to have some kind of all hands so people know what they're working on is really important. And I, I think it's really important too to kind of set the tone for your relationship with your team in those one-to-ones because a lot of the situations we see like you're now like one day you were the team member, the senior analyst, and the next week now maybe you're the manager. And these are the people that you're friends with. So how do you navigate maybe some of those stickier, you know, social scenarios? We're at a startup in the Northwest. There's a kind of a drinking culture here. Did you change your, I had left, so I, I wasn't sure. Did you change your behavior, uh, you know, in any way around the rest of the team or people when you became the manager? It was tough. I, I consciously had to make some decisions about what I was going to do and what I was not going to do as a manager. Um, the you know, the company that we worked for had a really youthful and a really kind of fun culture and wanted to partake in all of those events. Now, if you're having, say, a beer pong com- or a contest, maybe as a manager you don't participate in that and you let your team members bond and use that as a bonding experience. And you sit on the corner and engage with somebody who maybe just joined your team or joined the company and really get to try to know them. So when I started, I was 23. So a lot of the things you do as a 23-year-old are an extension of college. Um, So we would go out to the amazing, incredible events in town here in Bend. Uh, You know, we might go out on Friday, Saturday night. And when you have a bunch of employees your age, or not employees, when you have a bunch of coworkers your age, that's a pretty common thing to do. When I became a manager, I was around 26, 27. So it's not like I was all that much different in age. Um, But again, I I had to make conscious decisions to be friendly with my coworkers at work, be engaged, be genuinely caring about them and their family lives. But you you can't do some of the same stuff. Yeah, I think it's... I see what you're saying there. I totally agree. I mean, I think there's definitely, it's not that you can't have beers with your team. It's not that you can't, you know, go out and have a good time here and there. But maybe it's more like in the evenings, you know, maybe you don't have to be out till 12 or 1 or 2 that we might have been when we were 23, 24. Another factor there is, you know, you could rally for the next day of work a lot easier. Now I'm almost 35. You know, I have a, if I ever have a later night, like, I definitely feel the next day and my two young kids, they don't care. Um, all the things kind of point to, you know, maybe not act in the same way. And I think the same way that can, as a manager, you know, everything you're doing is now reflecting on your team and, and your, um, you know, the credo that they kind of put in you and confidence that they put in you. And that's where, you know, you need to think about your actions in, the, in those ways. One of the changes that I actually really liked was I started thinking about opportunities to have those kind of team building or, you know, friendship building. Not everyone on your team is going to be friends, but I looked for those opportunities and then tried to make that happen. And maybe you take a lunch break off with your team and you go to the food carts and you hang out there. And it was really great for me as a manager to be able to get to sponsor those lunches and just watch people engage. Maybe have a beer, have some food cart food. You know, really get to know each other better. Yeah, I like it. So I think we got some good takeaways here for for people that are 
going from team member to team manager, just starting their career, know they want to end up in a trajectory where they're managing a department or a company. I think it's important that you look within, you know, that you make sure before you take it on, you do want this because it is going to be hard. And when something's really hard, you got to want to do it. As John said, you have to really genuinely care about your employees. They're going to know if you're not being genuine. Yeah. You got to communicate all the time with your, with your team, anybody around you. Um, you've, just got to do it more than you think and then do it again. You know, bad things are going to happen when you're not communicating enough with your team. Uh, the last point that Nicole hit on there is maybe look for ways where you could adjust your behavior a little bit now that you've made the transition into a manager role that um, maybe there are some things you did previously that you could just maybe not do as much or tone down a little bit or create the culture within your, your team now that makes um, everybody comfortable and um, you know, the answers there are different for everybody. You know, the one other thought to leave you with is that there's no blueprint to, to being a great manager um, and to making great decisions. It's like thousands of tiny decisions you're going to make during the day. So trying to put yourself in a good frame of mind to make all those decisions and be emotionally invested in the people around you are going to help you be a great manager. All right. So then, I guess, until we come up with a better outro... Uh, over and out here from Shape Studios in Bend, Oregon. I'm John Davis. I'm Nicole. And uh, we hope we've given you know, some takeaways here to help uh, shape your own conversation as you go through your week. And reach out. We'll have contact information in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the feed. Tell some friends. We're just getting started. So, you know, any help is welcome. And never hesitate to reach out. Talk to you soon.